This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. This is News Talk 980 CKNW. And good afternoon and welcome to the Employment Hour here once again just after 4 o'clock. Yeah, phone lines are open. You heard that number, uh, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell phone. It is help at employmenthour.com anytime. Uh, through email, we'll get to a few of those over the next hour as well. Liam Moody is uh, here taking the uh, reins. Leora and off this week. So, Lee, it's going to be you and I doing our thang here, talking about uh, the basics of termination and everything else underneath that uh, wide employment banner. You've been let go. Maybe you got a severance offer in front of you. Maybe you just thought, you know, what would it be like if I ever got severance? So we're going to discuss a lot of things on this show over this next hour. Uh, first, so we always start, my friend, with the week that was. How was it? It was good. Thanks, John. Um, And thanks for having me back again. Um, This is the Employment Hour, as you say. I am an employment lawyer here in Vancouver. And every week, either myself or Lior, who's off this week, we take over the airwaves to discuss employment law, to talk about situations that arise in my daily practice, our daily practice, and to answer your questions. So if you're listening in today and you hear something that sounds like a situation that you're going through, you want to ask a question about something that's going on in your workplace, a change that's been made to your job, an employment agreement that's been put in front of you for the first time, or just something, anything that doesn't quite feel right, and you want to get some answers and clear the air, give us a call. Mm -hmm. Or if you're shy about being on air or worried about voice recognition or anything like that, send us an email. And and John, you said it before, help at employmenthour.com. We'll be answering those live on air as well. So the week that was, we start off the week as we always do by talking about some of the situations and files that come across my desk and came across my desk specifically over the last couple of weeks. Now, the first one's fairly straightforward, uh, but it it comes across uh, my desk all the time. And it's what I call a hollow offer from from an employer. Um, This past week, I settled a matter where an employee's compensation was uh, was both base salary and commissions. I think in this case, it was... 50% base salary and 50% commissions. And that's not at all uncommon. Um, Many employees are, they're remunerated through not just a base salary or an hourly wage, but I mean, you've got commissions, bonuses, overtime, you can be paid through shares. There are so many ways in which an employee is paid. Um, This particular gentleman was terminated back in October and was offered what was actually a decent severance package in terms of the amount of months. They offered him 12 months pay. Um, but therein lies the key. What does pay mean? How are they calculating 12 months of earnings? And it turns out that the offer itself was actually fairly misleading. Um, when I did the actual math, we discovered that the company was only offering him his base salary over those nice. 12 months um, and nothing for his commissioned earnings. So when you're terminated on a without cause basis, you're entitled to notice of that termination. Um, So to be clearly told in advance of your termination date. So if your employer opts to pay you out instead of give you notice, which most do, they have to make you whole. And what that means is that you're entitled to receive everything that you would have received if you worked through the notice period. And this includes commissions. So 
I wrote the company a letter, and in response and attempting to justify this, the employer said that they have a policy which says that an employee has to be actively employed in order to receive the commissions. Again, this is not at all uncommon. Um, actually, particularly with respect to bonus payments, you have a policy or an agreement in place that you have to be actively employed in order to receive the payment. Fortunately, for my client in this case, this policy didn't carry much weight and couldn't be used to deny him his commissions in terms of his severance. Um, Number one, the policy was simply posted on the company's intranet. Um, He'd never seen it, much less properly agreed to it. But number two, there's actually good law in BC that supports the principle that even with a policy that you've seen and agreed to, they don't hold any water once you're terminated on a without cause basis. Um, So in this case, my client was entitled to a severance package based on his full compensation, uh, including his commissions, based on an average of his last uh, full three months of employment. And, you know, not to get sidetracked, but this brings up a bit of an ancillary point about averaging. Um, Generally speaking, we take the last three months or three years of an individual's employment in order to figure out what the average earnings would be over the notice period. Um, However, some employers try to be, I guess, sort of sneaky about this average by including months or years where the employee was on like a three-week honeymoon or on a sick leave. Now, that's unfair and skewed, obviously, unless, of course, the employer can show that this employee would have been similarly absent during the notice period, which they rarely can. So I guess the takeaway of this little side note is that even if your severance package says you're getting 12 months base pay, 12 months commission, do the math. And make sure that they make sure that you're doing the math so that it's everything that you're entitled to. Uh, and the and oh, yeah, go ahead. So you usually average out if if someone comes to you about three years worth, right? Three years worth, or if it's something that's yeah. really specific, like commissions um, that you get on a monthly basis, then I usually take the last three months. So cool. bonuses, which are usually paid on an annual basis, I would take the average of the last three years. Would they if if they were let go, you know? Coincidentally, we'll say coincidentally in this case, just before bonus time. Can you? Oh, come, no, don't you know, do that. Some, that happens, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Oh, we let you go three weeks before the bonus gets paid, so you were not like working here, so you don't get the bonus that you've received for the last oh, I don't know, ten years. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of companies do that, thinking that that's going to get yeah. them out of trying to pay the bonus. Number one, it doesn't. But number two, what a lot of I mean, it doesn't work. But a lot of companies also don't know that terminating somebody right before um, the bonus is due could be bad faith. Um, it could expose the employer to additional damages for a bad faith manner of termination if you can show that you know the timing was so coincidental that it really does appear that the employer was trying to get out of paying the bonus. And if you do get low, uh, get let go before, say, a deal you were working on has paid its commissions. I mean, even even if they were small, never mind, you know, large commissions coming your way, and you were let go. Is it where you can show the fact, saying, "Look, my portion of the particular deal was done. I was just waiting for the money to come my way." Does that qualify you to get those commissions, even though you've been let go? Oh yeah, absolutely. But it's it's yeah. not just commissions that are outstanding and you've worked on. It's also the lost opportunity to earn those commissions. So if you can show that, you know, the three months prior to your termination, you were on average pulling in $5,000 a month in commissions, you're entitled to receive that average going forward over your over your severance period. Give me some details on the severance pay calculator. Oh, the severance pay calculator. Oh, yes. What a glorious beast. It's a <laughs> it's a website and it's app created by my firm, severancepaycalculator.com, and it tells you basically what you're entitled to if you're let go. 
uh, under the common law. So uh, you put in your age, you put in your years of service, and you put in your position, and it spits out a range of what you're entitled to. Uh, it's just a really neat and handy tool for you to go online quickly, um, confidentially, uh, and take a look at what you would be entitled to in the event of a termination. So it's basically, uh, you know, your age, your length of service, and what your job is. So somebody who's 60 who works in a high-level position is going to get more severance than somebody who works at a Burger King for an equal amount of time, right? Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, it's basically based on how long they think it's going to take you, and by they I mean the courts, um, to find comparable employment. So comparable alternative employment to the job that you held before. The idea being that a 60-year-old CEO is going to have a more difficult time finding another job, a replacement job, than a 22-year-old administrative assistant. And it's just because that's more transferable to other industries, and there are more jobs like that that are available. Phone lines are open, 604-280-9898 or star 989 your cell. want to get into uh, the basics of termination as we get down to uh, our first break here in just a moment, but I'll start with this one. Uh, is it generally more difficult to terminate for cause an employee who has worked for a company for, say, a long time, 8, 9, 10, or, or even more years? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we've discussed this on the show many times, but it's very difficult to establish just cause for termination generally, um, and this is particularly true for a long-service employee. What I think you have to understand is that as an employer, in order to be successful in a cause case, you have to show that the employment relationship was no longer feasible, that it couldn't continue on because of the actions of the employee. And in the case of long service employees, I mean, courts are just going to have a hard time believing that this employee all of a sudden became a problem after 30 years, right? Right. Um, So... In this case, the employer will need to either show one very serious incident of misconduct, like hand caught in the cookie jar type stuff, um, or a recent and repeated pattern of misconduct. Um, Generally, I'd say that the longer the employee has been there, the longer that they'll have to show that there's been misconduct, um, the more chances they have to give, and the more warnings need to be provided. The threshold basically just pretty much goes up. The, uh, the th- I mean, the 30-year threshold is a pretty big one. That's uh, kind of obvious. But is there a general threshold where it's a tipping point? Is it 10 years, 8 years? Or, what do you, or in your, in your, in your um, experience over the last several years of doing this, what do you think that threshold is? I mean, I would say that it really depends on the incident as well. So right. if you're looking at to terminate somebody for performance-based issues and you've got somebody who's been there 10-plus years, you're going to have to prove that the performance has been tanking for longer than a period of like six months, right? It's got to be It's got to be commensurate with the overall period period of service. So right. I don't think that there is an overall threshold that you can point to, but I think that, you know, the the they go up on an axis. So the longer that they've been there, the greater the uh, the period sure. of performance issues has to be. Right. We'll take a uh, short break. You want to call in, ask a question for Leah. Anything you have a job, you might want to know something about it. Your termination, your severance, if it ever comes about, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. We'll also get to some emails later on the show. That is help at employmenthour.com. It is the Employment Hour right here in News Talk 980 CKNW. And we are back at it right till 5 o'clock this afternoon. Your phone calls, yeah, the lines are open, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. You want to uh, contact the firm through uh, the website, vancouveremploymentlawyers.ca, or the uh, the number anytime is 604-283-3123. Uh, Lee, we're going to, uh, Lee, we're going to do the rest of this hour, talk about some interesting stuff, continue our talk and basics of termination. But I kind of ran over your, uh, I, I kind of stole your sunshine. You had another uh, week that was case. You said is, uh, 
Juicy like a big fat ribeye steak. So I want to hear all about it. It's such a doozy, and I I have to talk about this. <laughs> okay. So I spoke I spoke with another gentleman this week uh, who was on medical leave because of the stress that he was dealing with in his workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, every time an employee tried to bring a complaint to their supervisors, uh, which is what they were explicitly told to do in the company's harassment policy. Instead of investigating it or, you know, doing any of the other things that an employer is supposed to do in this situation, these supervisors, these people in management, they give their employees a document called a hurt feelings report. Now, yeah, I actually can't read this thing verbatim on air. That's how inappropriate it is. But to give you a little slice of this, it identifies the person making the complaint as the girly man. It invites the employee to call 1-800-CRYBABY. And under reasons for making the complaint, lists having woman-like hormones as one of the options. Wow. So among other, like, just extraordinarily offensive, sexist, cannot be repeated on air things. So when my client was on leave, the company was provided with medical documentation that identified that he was suffering from depression and anxiety on account of the harassment in the workplace. Um, the company followed up asking him to detail his complaint so that they could do an investigation. A little yeah. too late in my opinion, but right. anyway, my client obliged by providing a copy of this hurt feelings report, but didn't feel comfortable disclosing the other complaints. The company has so far refused to restore him back to work, telling hmm. him that until he formalizes all the details of the complaint, he can't come back. Isn't that unreal? So, the hurt feelings report, the yeah. girly man, seriously. I know. So, I mean, I always say that returns from medical leave are complicated because yep. they're so fact-specific. But but this scenario brings to mind two rules that I can fairly confidently say are mm-hmm. general and universally applicable. Well, three, because the first one is don't s- disseminate something called a hurt feelings report. Number yep. one, you can't penalize or punish someone for bringing forward a complaint of harassment. You can't do it, so don't do it, ever. Um, Number two, if the company has a legitimate concern about the safety of the workplace because of the harassment, you put the subjects of the complaint on an unpaid suspension, not the complainant himself. I mean, you'd think that this wouldn't have to be explained, but apparently it does. And this is actually a big company we're talking about, too, John. So uh, this past week, I wrote, um, let's call it a strongly worded letter to the Mm -hmm. company about immediately putting him back to the workplace and abiding by the terms of their own harassment policy and making sure that this all gets addressed like, you know, yesterday. (laughs) It's crazy. The email anytime is help at employmenthour.com, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. We'll get to a call. Got uh, Greg in line. Hey, Greg. Afternoon. Oh, hi, Harry. How are you guys? Good, pal. What's, uh, What's happening with you? Um, so I, I'm a plumber, um, and then I was working for this one construction company, uh, but um, uh, I'm on UI now. I left, and some people say that I can go after for severance, and I don't know if I can in the construction industry. You said that you left? Uh, well, there was a shortage of work. Okay, so you were laid off? Yeah, there was a few of us laid off, yeah. And, and how long have you been laid off for? Um, right now, two months. So I'm collecting UI, but, yeah. but 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 somebody said no in the construction industry. Um, it, there's no guarantee ever of employment. It's kind of seasonal kind of thing. That that can be true. Um, so uh, under the Employment Standards Act, there is an exemption for employees who are in the construction industry. Um, you don't get severance pay under the Employment Standards Act, but that doesn't oh. exclude you from severance under the common law. 
Um, and oh. the only way that you are excluded from receiving severance under the common law is if they can prove that. So if they can prove that as a condition of your employment, you were subject to constant layoffs and that was just the nature of your job, um, okay. then they don't have to pay you severance. Well, yeah, no, there was a few of us who worked for them for like two years straight. Okay. How many times has that happened before, Greg? Oh, no, uh, not with the same employer. Um, uh, So it kind of happens like that because it's not really like full-time employment. It's just like when work's very busy. Right, but if you were there for two years straight and not laid off, and now you've been without work for two months, you're entitled to severance under the common law. Mm -hmm. Even if I'm collecting... uh, EI? uh, EI, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so the way that that works is that, I mean, EI is not 100% of your salary, right? I mean, we wish it was, but unfortunately it's not. So um, you are entitled to severance since the date of your termination. You would just have then a repayment obligation to Service Canada for some of the amount that you received, but it'll still top you up so that you're receiving your full salary over the severance period. Oh, that's great. Okay. Yeah. I'll I'll get a hold of the company. Thank you. Good, please do. You're welcome. Greg, appreciate that. You want to get a hold of, of Lee and the firm, actually, 604-283-3123. Again, 604-283-3123 to get a hold of that. And help at employmenthour.com. Take care of that right away. This is always, it's it's always the construction business. They don't think they don't get severance. Know, they always that, think they're, they're out in the cold. Such a good question, and I'm glad that you yep. called in and asked because a lot of people ha- hold that belief because that is what it says in the Employment Standards Act. But then, as you and I know, there's this whole other body of law that applies to every employment relationships, and there is no exemptions carved out in the common law. So good for Greg. And I like I giving this, good news. Well, no kidding. And I, and I think to specify the reason why you and I both asked how many times it happened before, because he, if this company had done this two, two, three, four times before, it would be kind of a, an implied term of employment. Now he couldn't get severance. Is that correct? Exactly. He wouldn't get yeah. severance under the Employment Standards Act because he's exempt as a construction employee. And he right. wouldn't get severance under the common law because he's agreed to a history of layoffs in the past. Right, there you go. Uh, basics of termination. Back to this one before we break. We've got uh, some, some time here. Is there any, um, someone, someone's only worked for, say, a few months. Does this mean that they only get a week or two of severance? Because, again, that is the general knowledge, right? Yeah, and a lot of employment lawyers actually used to abide by this so-called like rule of thumb of right. one month for every year of employment. So if you're entitled to common law notice and you've worked there for eight years, you get eight months, 24 years, 24 months. Um, if this were true, though, someone who's only worked for a company for a few months would get nothing or at right. best one month. Um, For this reason, and also really just because determining the amount of notice is an art and not a science, it can't be reduced down to such a simple question. We're moving away from this. We're moving away from this idea of an equation. And this has largely been to the benefit of short-term employees who are entitled to disproportionately longer notice periods than longer service employees. Uh, In fact, those that have worked for six to, you know, like eight, months are entitled to a floor of two to three months, which seems insane, but it's true. Um, And this can be increased if there's evidence of inducement, if there's bad faith on the termination, or anything else that indicates that it may take longer than normal um, to find alternative work. You know, the Actually, right now, the upcoming holiday season is a great example of this. This is a terrible time to be fired, you know, unless yeah. you're looking to replace seasonal temporary employment. So there's an argument that those employees who are fired during the holiday season are entitled to a longer period of notice simply because the time of year would indicate that it's probably going to take them a bit more time to find replacement work than, say, if they were terminated in May. 
And again, before you jump the gun or just shake your head and walk away like I don't get much, you should also not only give you a call, but also check the severance pay calculator because that might be a bit of a, a, a eye-opener as well, right? Yeah, check the severancepaycalculator.com. Yeah. Check it now. Check it during a termination meeting. Check it on your way to the termination meeting um, just to have an idea of what you could be entitled to and then absolutely give us a call so that we can make sure that you're getting everything that you're entitled to. Lots more on the way. We'll take a short break. Phone line 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. You want to email as well, help at employmenthour.com. Lots more of the Employment Hour coming up. It's News Talk 980 CKNW. And your phone call, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. That is help at employmenthour.com. And if you haven't used it yet, find out exactly what your severance offer should be. It's going to be short, guaranteed. If you're looking at it, severancepaycalculator.com as well. Liam Moody from the firm here here to answer all your questions right until 5 o'clock this afternoon. We'll get to uh, Ronnie on the line. Hey, Ronnie. Hi there. What's going on? Okay, so I'm on uh, paternity leave currently, and uh, my job was eliminated while I'm on paternity, mm-hmm. and um, I'm due back shortly to work, and um, they're probably going to offer me a severance, and I was just wondering what my options were. Um, in, our, in, in, in the policy, it says that um, we are entitled to our job back at our current location and all this stuff, but um, there has been, I know of other people that have uh, been offered a severance after they come back from attorney when their job was eliminated or my position was eliminated. Okay, so yeah, I mean, it's it's not just their policy that would provide that. It's also the law. So anyone who goes away on a parental leave, maternity leave, paternity leave, um, they're entitled to uh, have their job secured for them so that they're returning either to the same job that they left or a job that's comparable in terms of pay and stature. Um, so if they offer something else, if they put it on the table, then you always can elect to take that if you'd want to stay there. Um, but if they offer you a severance, um, then I would you know, strongly recommend that you give us a call and we can discuss that as well. Um, how long have you been with the company for? So, so that's a little complicated as well. Um, I, currently, I've been with them for 11 and a half years, but um, I was with them prior um, for seven years and then I left for six months. So does that prior hmm. seven years? Um, do we count for that, or is it just 11 and a half years that I've been with them again for so the second time? Strictly speaking, the 11 and a half years is all that would count, okay. technically. But um, the seven years uh, that you had previously, that certainly would put you on the higher end of the range that you're otherwise entitled to, because it's only such a short gap between the two years of service, or between uh-huh. the two terms of service. Um, you can use the entire uh, the entire uh, portion of the time that you were there uh, in order to argue for a longer period of notice that you're entitled to in terms of severance. Um, what's what's your position, Ronnie? Um, I'm in management. You're in management, and how old are yeah. you? I'm 41. 41. Okay. I mean, I think that you are easily looking at 12 months of severance. Okay. Easy. Yeah, that's what I was wondering because I have a friend that was um, had the same thing happen to her, and uh, she only got nine months. So, and she was about the same, like 12, 12 years, 11 and a half years, same around there. So. Yeah, I mean, I'll say that you never know what somebody's contract says. Her contract could have had a formula that would have only given her nine months. Um, But if they do put a severance offer on the table, um, definitely give us a call. It sounds like this is kind of happening with a lot of your colleagues, but is there any indication that this is because you are off on leave? Because obviously that could also give rise to a human rights code complaint. No, it's a company-wide 
that my position was eliminated. Like, there's a whole new restructure with the company. Okay. So it's company-wide that, um, and we are told that this is going to happen. Um, but they offered me a lower position. Um, so I didn't, I don't want to take that. And, um, they've offered me, like, I'm in service and, um, the positions that they're offering are in sales and I don't particularly want to go into sales. Yeah. And you have no legal obligation to take that. Um, Mm -hmm. so they, if you don't want to take it, then they have to package you out. Um, and remember, I don't know if you listened to the beginning of the show, but that includes everything, Ronnie. So that includes benefits, that includes pension contributions. And, you know, with a new baby in your life, you want to make sure that you're well covered off. Yes, definitely. So I'll definitely give you guys a call. Yeah, please do. Okay. Thank you. Good luck. Ronnie, appreciate that call. It is uh, 604-283-3123. And he touched on something, Nell, you know, offered a, a different position. That 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 could affect him as well. I mean, it, we didn't ask him if it, it would pay less money than he's making now. But it might be loss of competitive advantage, too, if he had taken that job. And that on, it could have been uh, could have been less money. And that, moving forward, say three years down the line, he gets let go in a new position. That also would affect his severance, right? Yeah, and I also got the kind of the, the indication from him that it would have been a bit of a demotion, that he's in a management yeah, right. Mo- role right now and that they were looking to put him into a severance role. And if it's a lesser job than what you were working, you have no legal obligation to take it. If they were going to offer him you know, a lateral management position in another department, then that's something that that he might have to take and his failure to take that might limit his severance but in this right. case i think ronnie's safe to turn it down and and go after what he's entitled to 604-280-9898 is the number you'll want to call uh, give us a call here tonight we'll answer your question star 98 and 98 on your uh, on your cell is while talking about basics of termination can an employer somehow in any of these phone calls we've heard tonight can they limit their liability for short-term employees Yeah, I mean, actually, specifically speaking about short service employees, there's something very easy that you can do. Um, Mm -hmm. An employer can limit this with respect to a with a well-drafted probationary clause. Um, And these are very common as well, but they're not always well-drafted. And these usually state that the employee can be terminated without notice or pay during the first 90 days of employment. But it's important that we're clear about that because probationary clauses need to be drafted in a very particular way in order to be enforceable. You can't just say that you're on probation for three months and then expect to be able to terminate that employee for nothing. The contract actually has to say in the clause that they can terminate you without notice in order to let you go with no severance during a probationary period. And also this can't extend beyond the three-month mark. I have a client uh, that had a contract that said that the company uh, was going to put him on a 12-month probationary period and could wow. fire him at any time uh, wow. without without severance. And that in of itself is not enforceable. I mean, you can put somebody on an 18-month probationary clause if you you can put somebody on an 18-year yeah. probationary clause yeah. if you want to, right? <laughs> like if that's if that's the message you want to send. Um, but you can't you can't say no severance if they've been term if you they've been employed for longer than three months. So short of having cause, you can only terminate someone without paying them severance if they've been there for less than three months and if you have an agreement that specifically provides for it. So that that can limit the exposure. And a, and a couple, I think, things that are worth mentioning under that same banner are um, a three-month or any sort of uh, probation period. It's not implied. It has to be written down. Just because you start a new job doesn't automatically mean you're on three months probation, right? A lot of employers don't know that. Absolutely not. It has to be in your contract. It has to oh. say, this is a three-month probationary period. Your performance will be reviewed at the end of it, um, and you can be terminated without severance any, at any point during that time. And actually, there's law that suggests as well that you have to give somebody a real chance during that probationary period as well. Mm-hmm. You have to you have to let them know if their performance is failing or it's just not a good fit and give them opportunities to improve during that time. 
What are your thoughts on this? So somebody's working for a company for, say, 10 or 15 years. They're, they're doing well. They had no plan on leaving. And then another company comes, a headhunter, say, and they get poached from that company, an inducement to go to a different company. And when they go to that different company, they sit down, they have the employment agreement in front of them. There's a three-month probationary clause. What do you say to that? Uh, what do I say to the introduction of the clause? Right. I mean, if, if somebody, company. yeah, if somebody brought that contract to me, I would say, please do not agree to that. Yeah. Uh, but putting somebody on a probationary clause that allows you to terminate without severance after you've just poached them from another employer for ten to fifteen years is not a very good look. Um, so if if you're terminated and you were brought over from another company and you left that company specifically to join the other one, then you could actually be entitled to severance for the ten to fifteen years that you were with the no previous kidding. company. Yeah. It always made sense to me that if these that these people come looking for you, come knocking on your door to bring you along, why would they put you on probation in the first place? They want you. Yeah, I think that a lot of people they just you know they they want to pay a lawyer one time to get one template of an employment contract, and hmm. then they're afraid to deviate <laughs> from it, right? Um, and I think a lot of employment lawyers will put a probationary clause in an employment contract as a matter of course. Uh, but yeah. I agree with you. I mean, if the, if they actually sat down and were tailoring it to the situation, it wouldn't make any sense whatsoever. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Still got lots of time to uh, call in and ask Leah some questions here. If you'd like talking about the basics of termination this hour and uh, does the employer have to pay severance all at once or can they go on installments or chunks or how do they do it? So severance pay under the common law can be paid as working notice. Um, it can be paid in installments, lump sum payment, or a combination of them. Um, okay. Severance can also be provided in the form of working notice. So you could be entitled technically to nine months of notice of your termination, but then be required to work it out. What I will say is that in this scenario, if your employer is providing you with working notice and expecting you to work full time during this period, then you're entitled to a longer period of notice. That's because the amount of notice that you're entitled to is all about how long it's going to take you to find other employment, right? And looking for a job, especially these days, is a full-time job. So if you're working during that time, uh, our courts have found that it's probably going to take you more time to find other work and that you are therefore entitled to more notice. I can't see an employer really giving work. I mean, if you're if you qualify, or if you go through the severance pay calculator, for instance, and it turns out, oh look, I get twelve months severance. I can't see an employer having you hang around for twelve months. I mean, it's just going to be bad blood, and who knows if they're going to do the work? They might start slacking off because they know I'm out of here in twelve months, right? It's probably not that common to go that long, is it? No, it, it's not. I I never recommend it. I I wouldn't suggest it to my employer clients. Uh, but some companies, especially smaller companies, look at it as, I mean, I have to pay them out anyway, so I might as well get work. In exchange for it first steps you take if an employer says it's terminated your employment for cause what do you do for cause so uh, first things first keep your cool and don't don't do don't or snap. say don't do or say anything you don't flip the tables just just you know keep calm um second ask your employer why they believe they've got just cause to terminate your employment um if it doesn't, especially if it doesn't say it in the letter, ask them. You have a right to know what their allegations are and to be given an opportunity to respond to those allegations. Third, make sure you do not sign anything. So a lot of employers have little tricks up their sleeve where they say, you know, we're we're terminating you for cause, pal. But you know, we'll out of the kindness of our hearts, we'll give you these two weeks. So you know, sign this or you won't get anything. Um, so don't sign anything. After the termination, sorry. Right. No, go ahead. Sorry. I was just saying after the termination meeting, give us a call. And we can yeah. determine whether or not the employer actually has cause, and if not, how much severance you're owed. 
Because you have two years to exercise your right. Nobody would take two years, I, I imagine, but you have two years to exercise those rights, right? You not do, Friday yep. afternoon at four. It, exactly, yeah. Leroy always says your rights do not expire at five on Friday. Um, mm. So, yeah, you don't have to act right away. You do not have to sign anything that's on the table. Take your time. Ask for the additional time that you need uh, and seek legal advice uh, to make sure that you're getting everything that you're entitled to. Good way to get that legal advice, 604-283-3123, VancouverEmploymentLawyers.ca online. And if you want to email as well, help at employmenthour.com. We'll take uh, one more final break here, some time for you to pick up a phone and uh, make a call, ask your questions before we wrap it up for this particular afternoon. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. It's the Employment Hour, News Talk 980, CKNW. Get down to our last few minutes here for this hour. Liam Moody from the firm is answering all your questions here tonight. Yeah, you got a couple minutes you want to call in, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. We'll finish up some uh, some questions when it comes to the basics of termination. I know you get this one a lot, and that is, could my contract limit my entitlements? And it may. Um, if your contract is enforceably written and entered into legally, then our courts will uphold that agreement. And I hate giving that advice to people when they call in, but it's true, even if it does limit you to the Employment Standards Act minimums. And I guess it's probably important to just back up a minute to talk about what's at stake mm-hmm. in these contracts, because it's important. The BC Employment Standards Act governs and sets the minimum standards for every employment relationship in the province. The ESA tells us that if you're terminated on a without cause basis, you're entitled to approximately approximately one week for every year that you've been employed, and it maxes out at eight weeks. So whether you're there for eight years or 30 years, you get eight weeks under the ESA. Mm-hmm. However, these are just the minimums, the floor. It's not the ceiling, meaning that unless you have a contract that limits you to this floor, to these minimums, you are entitled to notice of your termination under the common law. And the only way an employee can be limited to these minimums is through a good contract. And this is the key here. What makes a good contract? Enforceably written and entered into legally. Enforceably written means it has to be phrased in a certain way. It has to indicate not only that you'll get the minimums in the ESA, but that this is all that you'll get. It has to make it your ceiling explicitly, but it also has to be entered into legally. So it can't be signed under duress and you have to be provided with consideration for your agreement to it. Um, At the beginning of your employment relationship, the consideration component is easy. You get a job in exchange for your agreement. But if the Mm -hmm. contract is introduced during your employment, you have to be given something else, something other than just the continuation of your job. You need to have a bonus or some sort of payment or benefit that you wouldn't otherwise be entitled to. Without these things, no matter how well it's drafted, the contract won't stand. Email is help at employmenthour.com. We'll get to a couple of these as we as we taper off here. Uh, I got an anonymous email. It says, my boss just gave me a contract and told me that I have to sign it or else I will lose my job. Is this even legal? I mean, technically speaking, it's legal to give someone a new contract, of course. Right. Um, and as we know, you can't you can terminate somebody at any time for any reason with the right severance payments. But you failing to sign a contract doesn't give them cause to terminate your employment. And the corollary to that is that you signing the contract doesn't mean that they won't fire you. Um, so in fact, they're, they're probably giving you the contract to make it cheaper to fire you. So 
no, you do not have to sign it. I would actually really encourage you not to until you've had the chance to speak to legal counsel. Give us a call. We can look it over with you and, and help you navigate what could be a potential minefield with that. 604-283-3123. By the way, any time to get a hold of Leah or the rest of the firm there, that's the number you want to use. Andrea writes in and says, I was put on a performance improvement plan uh, two months ago. I've been there for eight years. Last week, my employer told me that I didn't improve enough and I was let go without severance. What do I do? Yeah, so let go without severance will mean, obviously, that the employer will think that it had just cause to terminate mm-hmm. you. Right. And it's a it's a very high threshold, Andrea, particularly when it comes to performance issues. Um, if this was the first time you've been written up, or even if it's only the second or the third time, uh, chances are they do not legally have cause to terminate you, and you're entitled to severance. Sorry, does the, did the email say how long she's been there? Uh, no, it didn't. I don't think it did. It didn't specify. Okay. That's too bad. Because, yeah. um, you know, if we could... Anyway, go to the severancepaycalculator.com. Yeah. Um, go to that website. Go to the app. Uh, plug in your years of service. Plug in your position. Uh, you know, plug in your age. And, and you will find out how much severance that you're entitled to. We'll get to uh, John. John, you got the last call of the day. What's going on? Tell us. Hey, I'm just curious when it comes to somebody on salary... Are there any minimums or maximums to hours worked when you're on a salary? Um, no. I mean, did you have a s- specific unique question? Well, I, I guess it would be as if your employer expects you to work 16 hours a day um, or five, six days a week. Is, that, is, there, is there any limit to that? Can they, can they enforce you to work however they want? Well, I mean, technically there's no limit, but they have to pay you overtime. So even salaried employees get overtime. So if you're working more than 44 hours in a week, you have to get paid the time and a half. I just can't imagine that a lot of companies would want to pay that much overtime to somebody if they were forcing you to work that often. So anything over 44 hours a week is considered overtime? That's correct. (laughs) That's new. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's old, but uh, now you're aware of it anyway. Thank you. You're welcome. Happy to help. Now, there's a couple There's a couple exemptions from that. Management are different, and people in the IT industry are different, correct? Oh, yeah. Guess who else is different? Lawyers. Uh, wah, 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 wah. wah. <laughs> <laughs> is that right? Eh? So oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, all your phone calls, appreciate them tonight. Uh, moving forward, you want to get hold of Leah, Lior, the rest of the firm. It's pretty simple. It's uh, 604-283-3123 is the number. It is help at employmenthour.com. If you haven't used it yet, severancepaycalculator.com. You go in there, three pretty basic steps, your uh, your age, your length of employment, and your job title. Find out what your real severance should be because almost guaranteed nine times out of ten, if not 9.9 times out of ten, the offer on your severance offer will be uh, extremely short of what it should be and not even containing all the components as it should be as well. And the email, or pardon me, the website, VancouverEmploymentLawyers.ca. Till next Sunday, this has been the Employment Hour right here News Talk 980 CKNW. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.